This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issues, lessons learned from cancer. Do you ever see yourself going back to the old you? No. I wouldn't think so. Like this changed you for life. You know, and I always had to be dressed and with makeup and with the hair done and all of that is gone. And now you're a, what, a simple girl? More simple, more more natural, and I don't care about what people think or say. Amen. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today's guest, Sonia Velasquez, she's just like you and me. She's a working mom, busy raising a family, paying her bills, being a wife, balancing a career. But recently, the universe hit her in the head with a brick diagnosed her with breast cancer. Sonia's going to tell us how she consciously chose not to be a victim throughout the diagnosis and her treatment, and how it took cancer to change her perspective in life to one of gratitude and correct priorities. Time for Lynn's Confessions. Okay, top three things in my mind. Number one, I'm reminded of The Course in Miracles, that great book, which says, that for which you are grateful for, you'll never be without. I always say that to myself and I try to tell the universe what I'm grateful for so I won't be without it. But there's always a little bit of fear in there. I'm like, oh my God, I better say I'm grateful for this. I'm going to lose it. So I don't know if that's good or not. Number two, um, I once wanted a near-death experience (laughs) so I could prioritize better and not get caught up in stupid stuff. I don't want to die for the record, but I was just saying there was a time in my life when I was reading about this stuff and I was like, oh, that's so cool to be, to have such a new perspective on life. I wish I could have it, but I don't want to die and I don't want to nearly die. Just for the record, universe, in case you're listening. Number three, I want to lose 10 pounds and accept myself at the same time. Do you think that's possible? I'll get back to you on that. Background check. Okay, the background on today's guest. I met Sonia recently at a breast cancer walk called the Glam Doll Strut. Uh, It's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I emcee the walk every year, and it's a lot of fun. It's about a lot of beautiful people, too. It's about wearing fabulous shoes, getting all glammed up, and raising money for local women going through breast cancer treatment. It's a great cause. But Sonia caught my eye because she was this beautiful, bald woman with a huge smile. She was, And there weren't a lot of people there who were bald, even though they were going through cancer. A lot of women obviously want to wear a wig or hat. And Sonia was clearly... I could see with her bald head going through treatment and she oozed this confidence and gratitude. So I ran up to her and said, Hey, can I take a picture with you? And I wanted to know how cancer changed her for the better. Cause I could just see it all over her. Sonia is a 38 year old mother of a 13 year old and an eight year old. After feeling a lump in her breast last year, she almost skipped her biopsy. Can you believe that? Because her insurance wouldn't cover it. I'm sure we can all relate. She was like, I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. Sonia was diagnosed with breast cancer and has been in the fight of her life. Great news. Sonia was recently told by her doctor she's cancer-free. Equally good news. She says she has a whole new appreciation for life. And she's going to tell us how to prioritize our own lives with gratitude and grace without having to go through cancer, maybe. Welcome, Sonia. 
Thank you. Your hair is growing back a little bit since I saw you and it looks fabulous. Thank you, thank you. Yes, it makes me very happy to see it coming back. I'm sure you missed it. <laughs> yes, a lot, a lot. Okay, so take us back, Sonia, to your life before you got sick. Tell us what your life was like. Well, before I got sick, my life was all like most Americans, going, 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 going to work, uh, pick up my kids, you know, from school, then going back to work. Um, and, um, it was always busy, 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 mostly with work. And, um, what were you focused on before you got cancer? Like, what were your worries? What were you, you know, cause we all have that internal voice obsessing about well, whatever. I was focusing on, um, making money, putting to savings, you know, giving my kids everything they need. And helping my husband paying the bills. That was all I was on. That was all on my head. What were you worried what about before you got cancer? Like what were some of the normal everyday worries? <laughs> I was worried about not having a beautiful house. Mm -hmm. About not driving a new car. You know, like everybody else, mm -hmm. mostly. Um, I, you know, having money and I wasn't paying attention to what's actually important in life, which when I got sick, it totally opened my eyes that that's not important because life can change in a second. Take us to that time when you felt a lump. Where were you? What was happening? I always checked myself mm -hmm. when I'm in the shower. I always did that. And you know, I always do it and I'd never expect to find it like the other times before. And you were doing I a self mammogram. Yes. Right? Yes. The like they recommend you mm -hmm. should do it from time to time. Mm -hmm. So I felt it and I didn't pay much attention at the moment. And I keep doing it every day and still feeling it in there. And I told my mother-in-law about it, and she was like, you should go to the doctor and get it checked. And about two months later, I finally got convinced by my husband, and I did went to the doctor. Let me ask you before you go on, why do you think you told your mother-in-law? Do you think like a part of you was in denial? Like, oh, certainly this can't be a, uh, something bad. Part of me, yes, didn't want to do it because mm -hmm. I didn't want to find out that it was something bad, of course. But you must have known you should have done something because you asked, you told her about it. You didn't have to tell her. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I needed, that. I needed that little push to yeah. finally mm -hmm. go and and get it done. So I went to the doctor, and they did the mammogram. About a week later, they sent me the result to my house. And it was negative. Hmm. They said the mammogram was good. And that just recommend a, another checkup in a year. So I was like, I'm sure okay, you're relieved. You know, it's, it's good. So I'm good to go. But about a month later, I started feeling pain. And more pain. As the time went by, 
it started to get worse and worse. So then I went to my primary doctor, but that was about four months after because I couldn't take the pain anymore. Wow. It was not letting me sleep. It, it was a constant bad pain. So I went to, to the doctor and then she recommend uh, ultrasound because I told her I already have done the mammogram. Mm -hmm. And then with the ultrasound, they saw something suspicious and that's when they recommend the biopsy. And then I didn't want to do it when I find out about the insurance. How much was the biopsy? The biopsy was $1,200. Okay. And the insurance said, what, we're not going to pay for it? No. Why would the insurance pay for a biopsy? Because I had a very high copay. Okay. I had a high copay, and it, it was up to me. There was no other choice. So... So, yeah, you didn't want to pay 1200 I didn't want to... I didn't have didn't it. Have it. I didn't have it, so... I called the place and I say, listen, I can't afford this and I can't do it. And what did they say? They said, maybe if you can come over, you can, we can find a way, we can help you out, but it needs to be done. And then I say, well, let me speak with my husband and I get back to you. But... I didn't because I know I didn't have it. So You didn't talk to your husband because you knew you didn't have the money? No, I talked to him, but, you know, we were like, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. So they got in contact with my primary doctor. And then she called me and then she, you know, started getting on my case. She was like, no, we need to do this. We need to do it. We need to find a way because it has to be done. So then finally, about a few weeks ago, <clears throat> sorry, my husband had applied for me for a credit card and I got approved. He just happened to apply? Yes. It, God worked in mysterious ways. So then I got approved and he said, well, you're going to have to use that credit card to do the biopsy. And that's what I did. And so we did the biopsy. So, but I'm sorry to interrupt. So nobody was <coughs> offering any options to this uh, up until the credit card. The doctor's no. like, we got to do it. The hospital's like, you got to figure it out. Yes. And you were feeling like I have no money and I can't have this biopsy. Yeah, absolutely. Until your husband came up with the idea of, hey, let's just charge it. Yes. Okay. That's a lot of stress. Yes. A lot of stress, but it got done. And then, um, I got called to the to my primary doctor's office and I just had that feeling that something bad was coming mm -hmm. because when we got into the doctor's office, there was a lot of doctors in there. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, they started softening the thing off and then they told me the news and my first reaction was I'm gonna die <laughs> right I can understand that and then I started crying my mother-in-law started crying and then like something got into me and I picked up myself while you were still in the office well I was still in the office okay. and I said no 
I'm gonna fight this and I'm gonna win and I'm gonna be fine. So and was I it, got out of that office with a smile on my face. Was it something that you purposely, after you're done crying sitting there, was that shift something that you did on purpose or just came through you? It came through me when my kids' faces came to my mm. mind. Determination to live for them. Yes, I gotta do it for them. Let me go back a second. So what did the doctors, even though this isn't a medical show, but I'm sure every woman listening to this is thinking the same thing, and guy too, <laughs> they got it wrong. The mammogram missed your cancer. Yes. What did they say about that? Does that happen? Is it rare? What, what the heck happened? I got no answers to that. And you know, a crazy thing is that I went to pick up all my records from that place and took it to the office where they did the biopsy mm -hmm. and they didn't see it either. Mm. But your hands felt it. Yes. Wow. I told them that it was there. I felt it. And and that was four months of just sitting there. Yes. Until you had pain. Yes. And, no and it was growing. It was growing a lot. Very fast. Is there any responsibility? Like, how does that work? Does anybody take responsibility for that? Or they're like, well, this just happens. It just happened. Nobody have mm -hmm. done anything or nothing. Um, and the way I find out, it's at the Memorial Regional South. Mm -hmm. This hospital in yeah. uh, Broward County. Yes. Uh, they have been doing all the other tests and biopsies and mammograms, ultrasounds, everything. And there it's the one that told me they totally miss it. Both places totally miss it because it was there the whole time. And they show me it was there. It was a big malignant mass that they wow. missed. Well, and a, and a reminder to all of us, number one, do self-examination. And number two, trust your instincts because your instincts were right. Even though you had fear and you were asking your mother-in-law, if you really took time to ask yourself, you you knew there was something wrong. Yes. You weren't being paranoid. Yes. I knew something was wrong with me even before I felt alone. Really? Yes. What do you mean? I keep telling my husband, something is not right with me. I keep telling him. Like, and then I started getting weight mm. out of nothing. I was completely, you know, not eating a lot to mm -hmm. say that that was the reason. But I didn't feel like myself. Mm. I knew something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. Okay. So again, another reminder and reiteration to all of us, pay attention to your body. Yes. Okay. So you got this devastating news. You have breast cancer. You, as anybody would felt devastated in the office. Then you picked yourself up and you said you left with a smile on your face. Yes. What were you thinking when you left and got back in your car? And how were you feeling? <sighs> Um, I was feeling motivated. Mm. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to fight and win. I was ready to do anything that takes to get well again. So what happened? How did you do that? Take us through your faith, faith, take me to another level in this sickness is faith I, in what faith in god definitely 
he's been taking me to his hand in, through the whole this process. And my kids, my kids, my husband, my mother-in-law that has been there since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. She have not letting me go to any appointment by myself. That's She's support. always next to me. Take us through your treatments. What did you have done? And how did that go? We have done eight sessions of chemotherapy. Uh, that was tough. What's that like? That's like... Well, the, f the first one wasn't so bad. Like, okay, I can totally do this. You know, it's not so bad. I came home. I was feeling normal. I cooked dinner. I did my laundry. I told my husband, I feel great. By the next day, mm -hmm. you weren't doing laundry anymore. No, I wasn't doing much of anything. I was down. Yeah. I the nauseous was horrible. The headache, all the puffness, all the redness. I got so scared when I saw myself in the mirror and my face was red. I didn't know what. That was one of the side effects. And my body, it was just not responding. I wanted mm. to get up and it just don't respond to you. you well, it kills up. everything in your body. So you're, I would imagine, just beyond exhausted. Yes. So tired. I can even say my, my eyes open. Even if I was not asleep, uh -huh. but I couldn't leave my eyes open mm. or get up. And you had eight sessions of this. Yes. By the third one, I really thought, like, you know what? This thing is going to kill me. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be cancer, but this treatment is too much. I I felt like I was not going to be able to do it. Did you, at any point, <clears throat> were you, like, coming to terms with your possible death? Like, well, you know, I gave it a go. I gave it a shot. I tried. Yes, once it was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. This is too much. But then I have my husband there next to me, and he, with his words. What did like, he say? He said, you are a strong woman, and you, you can do this. We have two kids that need you. And I need you to be here. And I'm here to help you get through it. And that made a difference. It makes a big difference because then, you know, even if I knew before I wasn't alone, that showed me that he was with me. Yeah, you're tearing up now. I can yes. imagine <laughs> it takes somebody to help carry you through the finish line. Yes, definitely. Family support is very, very important in, in a cancer treatment. So what were you? So you were you didn't couldn't work. No. So there goes no, that income. There, there was that income. How did you handle that loss of income? And My, before you couldn't handle twelve hundred dollars for the biopsy. So how did you get through it financially? Financially. Well, well, my husband kept working. Even he had issues with his knee at the time too at the same time i was going with oh treatment my. he needed a knee surgery too and thank god he had bought um 
oh, what's it called? Um, like an insurance. Yes, thing. like an, an insurance for. Uh, um, you can short... tell he's sitting right here. What's it called? Um, like disability the sh- insurance. The short... Oh, short. So your husband bought short-term disability insurance. Yes. And helped yes, because his uh, disability got mm-hmm. denied, and. The workers comp got denied. Okay. So then, thank God he has bought the short disability, and that's how he paid. Um, so you had, so you guys had short-term disability and workman's comp to help yes, you through Yes, and uh, the church church members. Oh, donations. Donations. They just wow. come and bring us dinner. Mm. Uh, and how important was that? That was very important because... Because Most of the they needed to eat, and they, you know, bring the meals. I couldn't cook. He was working. I always wonder how that makes you know because I've done that on occasion. Brought somebody sick, something or I. Um, I always wonder, like you were real. You're on your deathbed. You're fighting for your life. Your husband's trying to keep a roof over your heads, your kids, you know, I imagine mother-in-law is helping with them, but they still, they're, they're having their own struggles. How, what are the, how did that make you feel? If you can remember, you're so tired, you can't even open your eyes to know that, you know, strangers or your neighbors are bringing food to your house. How, how, what were you feeling at that time? It makes me feel blessed. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel so blessed. And so special because it takes a lot for a stranger to bring you, yes. you know, dinner to your house. And I couldn't drive, obviously, and my kids needed to get to school. Right. So a wonderful lady from church, too, she used to come every morning, pick them up, take them to school, and bring them at the end of the day. Wow. How, yes. so you had chemotherapy for... You had eight rounds of chemotherapy. Yes. And then what happened? And how did you get to the end? What was the last treatment like? Were you were you able to walk? Yes. I was able to walk by the last treatment. The the four last treatments were less strong. Um but still dizziness, headaches, uh nauseas. Nauseas are Fun stuff. Terrible, terrible. Right. Awful. But, you know, I'm glad I wasn't throwing up. Okay. That they said you that it's nauseous. really bad. Yes. Just the feeling, it's bad. And you don't want to eat, mm-hmm. but you have to eat. So you had eight, So what happened at the end of eight rounds of chemotherapy? Then what happened? Then we got to the last one. I was very happy, of course. I'm sure. <laughs> and... Um, then after that, we went for another test, and that's when we find out that the cancer was gone. The treatment was at a hundred percent success. Wow! Recently, you told me uh, you had a partial mastectomy. Yes, yes. Uh, they needed to remove the the tissue that was burned with the chemotherapy and your poor breast. So you had partial, what does that mean? They cut out half of your breast? No, they make a, a cut in between I see. the arm and the breast. 
and they just remove all the the tissue. I'm curious, why didn't you say, you know what, take them both off? I was at the beginning. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, you know what, just take uh-huh. them off. But the doctor told me it's not completely necessary to it- to remove it. He said it can be done without it. But um did your insurance pay for all this treatment? Yes. Okay, that's good. Yes. I would hope so after the $1200 experience. Okay. So <laughs> yes. how did your how do you feel now? You had your partial mastectomy, you're done with your chemotherapy, your hair's growing back. I did- feel good. I feel like a winner. <laughs> so, did you ever um sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um at any point, Sonia, did you ever feel sorry for yourself? No. Even no. when you couldn't even open open up your eyes and you were so exhausted or you felt like this is it, I'm going to give up? No. I have a lot of reasons to keep going, keep going and keep telling to myself, I can do this. I'm going to win. Well, but at one point win. you said, I'm not going to win. I'm, I can't do this yes, anymore. Yes, that was just uh, one moment of weakness that I, I, I thought... I can't make it. This treatment is going to kill me. And that was the only time I felt that way. Then, But it sounds like you never felt like a victim. It sounds no. like you never said, why me? I can't believe this is happening to me. No. What kept you from feeling that, you think? Is it just not in your nature or were you determined not to be a victim? Uh, it's not in my nature, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt... Like there was a purpose for that, and why? What is the purpose you think of this? Why do you think this happened to you? I think it happens to me so I can help other women to be strong because it's not easy to go to chemotherapy and the whole cancer. I feel very special. I think it it takes a lot to stay positive all the time. To, yeah. Yes, and I was positive the whole time. I was happy most of the time. And, you know, sometimes it even made me feel bad that some people was telling me I was not having it so bad because I was always smiling and always happy. How could you be happy through chemotherapy? Because I want to I wanna live. I want to live for my kids. I want to see them growing up. I want to see them graduate. So it sounds like you remained happy by not focusing on your misery. You were focusing on what you wanted to see your kids grow up. You know, I'm I'm alive now. You were focusing on the positive. Maybe you didn't even realize it. Yes, I I was happy that at least I have a chance mm. to fight for my life because there's a lot of people that don't get that chance. That's focusing on the positive for sure. Sonia, <laughs> how did you change your priorities? Because in the beginning you said, you know, your priorities were like most of us, you know, having a beautiful house, beautiful things, a new car, maybe focused on your appearance. Am I pretty enough? Am I skinny enough? Am I enough? So it, yeah. those are your priorities then. And how did you change your priorities and what are they now? It changed because, you know, cancer, it's a very bad thing. 
and just the thought, the possibility that I can die, it changed the whole thing. It changed my whole life. Like, material things are not important in my life anymore. Because just, you learned. I learned that life can change so much in a second. And, like, if I die, the house is going to stay. Right. But the memories I can leave on my, on my kids' memories, they have no price. And that, that's what I want. I want them to, to see that no matter what life throws at you, you are strong to get through it. I want them to stay strong and don't fear anything. So your priorities changed when, well, we all should know we're going to die, but we have this denial about that, <laughs> most of us. Um, so your priorities changed when you realized that, you know, life is fleeting and that possessions come and go. And yes. what really matters is living. Living. Living the moment. Yes. What is your advice to people who have not gone through your, which I would call a near-death experience, um, who have not gone through cancer or anything close to it, who have their own problems, but who, you know, we're human, right? We're in this human body and we experience the ego. So what is your advice to people who are listening who, you know, are worried about paying their bills or worried about how they look or want nice things? What is your advice on how to shift our priorities? My advice for them will be to focus on family, on staying healthy, so focus on your family, your health, family, and life. Life, yes, to enjoy the little things in life that are more important, you know, and, and family and friends, real friends that, you know, are very important. Why do you say real friends? Because <clears throat> when you go through a situation like me, mm -hmm. you find out, who is your real friend? Who shows up is your real friend? Yes. Uh -huh. Then you see a lot of people just going out the door and never come back. For whatever reason, right? Maybe they can't be there for you, whatever reason. So, yes. so yeah, I think we could take that on our everyday lives. Even if we don't have cancer, focus on people who are really there for you. Yes. And not just surface surface friends yes yes uh it's so funny because you said it's just a little funny side part when you said when you said focus you told me on the phone earlier kids laugh and say you're saying a bad word you're saying the yes. f word because your ask, <laughs> accent it's so cute focus. thank you focus. i was like oh my god she's gonna go. that's adorable you're so cute sonia thank you um last question do you ever see yourself going back to the old you no I wouldn't think so. Like no. this changed you for life. What is the new Sonia like? The new Sonia is like um, making fun of herself. I finally learned how to do that. Because ah, um, you weren't doing that before. No, I was very, um, 
how you say I, 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 not serious but i wasn't okay with people making fun of me oh, interesting <laughs> um like my husband is a clown in the house he's always doing jokes and and i wasn't okay with that i was always you know and i always had to be dressed and with makeup and with the hair done and all of that is gone. <laughs> and now you're a, what, a simple girl? More simple, more more natural, and I don't care about what people think or say. Amen. I, I feel more comfortable with myself the way I am. I, I learned to accept it. This is me. Sounds like cancer gave you confidence. Yes. Sonia, that was terrific. Before we let you go... Since you say you like to have fun, uh, we're going to do Lynn's Fab Five, where I get to ask you five random questions. Uh-oh. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Um, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I still would like to be skinny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're human. And I understand that. I'm working on that, though. <laughs> If you could change one thing about your husband, what would it be? He's sitting like a foot away from us. You know what? I won't change anything about my husband. <laughs> that's a great him. answer. I love him the way he is. Oh, So um, when they make fun of you, number three, I'm just ad-libbing this because I didn't know about the funny. If they, when they make fun of you, what, what makes you laugh? Like when they do, what, an impersonation of mom or Sonia? Like, how are you? What what about the impersonation makes you laugh? Um, hmm. The way I talk. Oh, yeah, the focus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it happens to me all the time. That's adorable, though. Okay. Uh, here we, And number three, what makes... Actually, it was three. Number four, what song makes you dance? Well, a lot of them. But, um... Like really makes you dance, Sonia. That really makes me dance. It's uh, the song by Enrique Iglesias. What's the... Mm, anything by him makes my hips move. Yes. <laughs> number four, bikini or one piece? One piece. Actually, there was number five. Can you tell I'm <laughs> dyslexic? Number five, bikini or one piece? One piece. Low cut. You have your boobs. Show them off, Sonia. <laughs> They've been through a lot. Let them free. Thank you so much. I learned so much just by listening to you right now. And I know you're going to affect a lot of people listening as well. I hope so. That was the whole purpose. Touch yourselves, ladies. Okay? Self-mammogram. That's, that's the way to go. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.